Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Hello and welcome to Money Over 50. Today we wanted to record an episode called What Does a 30, 40 and 57% Drop Feel Like? Uh, This is actually my idea, but pretty much I'll be interviewing you today, Michael, about your experiences throughout your career and uh, particularly during the GFC and the recent volatility. So, uh, mate, first and foremost, can you go through and just give everyone a bit of a recap of uh, your your history in the industry and, and working as a financial planner? Yeah, of course. Thanks, Dallas. Uh, so, look, I started... It, it's, it's really neat from the point of view that I started in as early as you could start in... A new decade, so I started. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess I guess if you yeah, it was it was the second of January two thousand one that I started. Was it really? Yep, it was. Um, so, depending on if you count uh, two thousand as the start of the new decade, I suppose you do. Yep. Um, yeah. But yep. I, I started yeah. on yeah as early as yep. you could in two thousand one. Yep. Uh, so I worked for a uh, a Townsville, like a big financial planning business in Townsville uh, that will remain unnamed only to say that um, it wasn't Storm Financial. So, but uh, (laughs) it wasn't Storm Financial, but it it, was... Yeah, that's a good point. It doesn't actually matter who it was as long as it wasn't Storm Financial. That's the main point. Yeah. Um, So it was like at the time it wasn't, it wasn't that big, but it grew to be a really big, really big business over, um, over the following 10 years. Yeah. And, um, that so, was like so you for started me as well. So yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I remember thinking, see, this business has gotten out of hand. It's 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 grown. The personal touch is gone. Yeah, um, you, know, you have to grow to a certain level, of course. But 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 I felt uh, it it had it had actually gone too far. So yeah, so it was when, it was when really you started. Good. What was your what was your role? So um, so I started um, in research and yep. and. Uh, um, so I started assisting. There was two other financial advisors at this firm. Uh, I started assisting them by yep. doing research, doing uh, calculations for clients. Um, yep. Yeah, I started. I started actually yep. looking at uh, writing the financial plans then to get yep. to know all the different scenarios. So, so um, it wasn't that, necessarily that, that type of client-facing stuff, but it was it was working on clients' financial plans. So you sort of saw the background uh, of their situation, but not necessarily meeting with with clients at that point. No meeting with clients at that point. So when um, when did you start meeting with meeting with people? So uh, look at the so at the time I'd just finished a degree uh, at JCU in business. Yeah, uh, with a major in finance. So. Um, went into the industry at that point in time, uh, did more study at that point in time, industry study. And then I started meeting clients at uh, the start of 2003. And, yep. and at, the, at that point in time, I'd, I'd, I only did the, for, for a full year of 2003, I, I really only did the, the, um, 
insurance, the insurance so. side of, of things. Yep. Yeah, for a, a client meeting. So I'd come in yep. um, as part of the financial plan. I'd look at, at those people's yep. insurances and, and um, work out what they needed and build that into the financial plan and things like that. So it wasn't, yep. until, wasn't until about 2004 that I started actually meeting with people from yep. a financial planning point of view. Yep, yep. From a how's their super invested, that that kind of thing. What we what we would you know be doing now, kind of thing. That's um, right. So up to up to that point, I guess in those early two thousands. So and we've spoken this before, but what was the mood uh, like of the? So that was just after the the dot com bubble had burst, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. So um, when I started, uh, there had been uh, a downturn in yeah. in markets around the world australia yeah. australia actually and there's a high correlation now between uh if the american markets oh, fall and the australian markets yeah. fall at the same time yeah um, back at that stage the australian markets really didn't fall too much uh, yeah it, it was largely an american markets thing because because yeah. all of the dot-com companies were yeah, headquartered we're in, that, in in america so yeah. So in that in those early years, things, um, the market were, things weren't really, a lot. yeah. Um, but we were we were a bit insulated. So, so would it be? Would you be able? To, I guess would you say that we weren't really booming, but we weren't really we weren't really feeling much pain at that point. Was it sort of a bit of a bit of a neutral yeah. phase of the cycle? Yeah. Certainly, certainly, um, uh, not much pain. Uh, the next few years were were uh, average years. I would say yeah. average years, even though. Uh, in the first year that I worked in the industry, in September of two thousand and uh, one, September eleven, two thousand one, of course, was the was uh, an event that that uh, changed the world. I guess, yeah. In in, in however way, whichever way you look at it, yeah. in the That's terrorist it. attacks. And that was an that was an interesting one. From a shouldn't really say it was interesting because it was a pretty horrific thing to happen, but. From an from a, a share price point of view, it was a, it was really a quick drop, wasn't it? And then a quick rebound that September 11. Yeah, look, it it dropped really really quickly. When we've spoken about this before, so so um, share markets are really really quick to move. So I remember the day that that the terrorist attacks had happened. Um, I can't remember the exact amount, but it, I mean the the world share markets basically went into to free fall yeah i hate that term but but, but, yeah. but they, they dropped they yeah. dropped quite yeah. a bit yeah. that first day and then yeah. proceeded to push down yeah and, and um it's, so, it's yeah, so like... around the 15 percent down mark for a period of time yeah, and, then, so, yeah. and then and then um america uh decided to invade iraq yeah. and uh they pushed down further from that as well yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and and certainly look Again, from memory, uh, it was only America had only been in Iraq for under a month before markets started to turn around and, and head north again. Yeah. And that's another thing that we've spoken about. Uh, long before the, the the worst news is over, what you'll find is that is yeah. that markets start to recover. Now, now yeah. what kept them down? What kept them down at that point in time? The talk in the media was that this was going to be the start of World War Three, yeah. and and uh, I remember America invading Iraq uh, in yeah. in uh, two thousand and one, late in the year, uh, early yeah. two thousand and two, 
And within a very, very short period of time, it became apparent that it wasn't going to be World War Three. And yeah. And as soon as that became apparent, in fact, just before it became apparent, what what yeah. we saw was markets skyrocket back up north. Yeah. And 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 that's the that's how fast they move. So yeah. Uh, and and that's how we, we spoke about this. World just, War Three. And when yeah. it became apparent that it wasn't going to happen, and yeah. that the situation at the time they thought it was going to be controlled pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, you, you saw you saw them recover really really quickly in that quick. And, and this is what we spoke about just the other day with um, yeah markets hate uncertainty is first is I guess if you're if you're selling an asset if the if if the people buying don't don't have certainty of what the future looks like you basically are going to be trading at a discount for that for that uncertainty and that's kind of what I think what I'm guessing was happening there is that if you really needed to sell you, you had to sell you know and and people who are buying going well I don't know how this situation is going to play out. It's it's probably going to be fine, but we're going to trade it at a, at a 15, 20% discount just to just to to sort of make sure. And then that's kind of what we've spoken about is that by the time by the time the average person is feeling um, safe and comfortable and it feels like everything is going to go back to normal, prices have already have already um, built that back in and that discount has gone away and, and things are trading trading back to back to where they were previously. Yeah, look, they they uh, they move so quickly. Markets move yeah. so quickly, and yeah. and yeah, lot. We we've commented on this before, but it's it's worth it's worth mentioning again. Um, yeah, the current crisis that we're facing with COVID nineteen, yeah, uh, and the threat of a recession and probably eventual recession yeah. uh, that will occur, we'll be yeah. in the middle of that recession, and markets will have jumped. Uh, yeah, you know, it'll be too yeah. late for people because yeah. because yeah, yeah, um, yeah. At the start of a recession, if a recession is going to go for two years, then yeah. um, that's generally uh, the, the the lowest point in the market yeah. at the start. Yeah, in the middle of a recession, uh, yeah. you're already a year in, yeah, and you only have a year to go. So the outlook is actually better, and yeah. and markets creep up, creep up, creep up, and then all of a sudden they go, and and people miss that. People miss that yeah. if they if yeah. they're out, if they're sitting their money in cash, they've actually missed that opportunity. Yeah, and so um, I guess that ties into the next phase of your of your sort of career. There was that in those sort of mid years of two thousand. So you started meeting meeting with clients in sort of two thousand and four. Started having sort of your own clients two thousand and four, and then those were sort of the boom years in in Australia, weren't they? Those next year. Yeah. So so. You're not remembering exact um, percentages, but uh, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007, um, uh, markets around the world. And when we say markets, you know, we're just, yeah, we're just, I guess, our industry term, abbreviated term for, um, you know, the largest companies in Australia, the largest companies in America, the largest companies in Europe. So markets around the world in those years um, uh, did close to their to their to twice their average each and every yeah. year yeah. so there was years there where they went up by 20 percent, and then the next yeah. year went up by 23 percent, and the next year went up by 20 percent. so so they're yeah. really really high growth years and yeah. um and and profits of companies uh, absolutely soared in those periods of time as well yeah now yeah. um anecdotally looking back and, and, and this wasn't available necessarily at the time but you looked you looked back and 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 people believe it or not in Australia and um, and America 
uh, and, and Europe was spending something like about 103%, 105% of their income yeah. uh, for, for a good few years there, so 2005, yeah. 2006, 2007. Yeah. Um, now you say, how is that possible? Actually, yeah. how is that possible? Um, yeah. what, what people were doing is uh, there, there was uh, it coincided with a period of time where uh, house prices in, especially in Western countries around the world, uh, rose sharply during those years um, and and that created uh, equity for people and um, yeah uh, I guess anecdotally later on when people went back and, and had a look at that uh, people it, and it was and it was easy it was easy conditions for lending money as yeah. well so, and so the, people and that, were borrowing guess- back of their houses and um, during renovations, borrowing well, back of their houses, going on holidays. There's pretty, all those it's pretty much only, only two things really that, that you can, you know, if, if you go and borrow $50,000 against your house, you either, you're either going to buy $50,000 worth of, worth of shares in companies or, or, or another house or something like that. So you either invest that money, which drives asset prices up because you're, there's another buyer uh, coming mm-hmm. in and, and picking that price up, or you go and buy a new boat or you do renovations or you do something which flows through so that, some company is, is making a profit off that, which so which drives the, the company's profits, which also brings price up. So that's, I guess, what we've spoken about before is that this, this sort of boom-bust cycle, it's a completely normal, uh, it's, a, it's a normal thing. It's a, something that happens all the time. And that's, that's I guess, the, the concrete example to me of how that happens is that credit's easy. People are spending money. Because people are spending money, um, profits are soaring of, of companies and also their assets are rising in value. There's more, you know, and that becomes a cycle then of it's easy to borrow money to then invest that drives prices up because that's driving prices up. There's more money to come out and spend money that brings companies profits up. It, it becomes a, a very, uh, becomes a, a quick, a quick feedback loop. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.